How about one last Village Vice before National Signing Day? That's yeah. right. It's hey, it's Christmas Eve before Christmas Eve. That's and right. We're glad we're glad you're here. He is Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law, and uh, this is such an exciting time. It's more exciting this year, Zach, than it's been in a long. I mean, like I, I don't I don't remember the last year that there were this many. Um, yeah, there was this much buzz before the first day of the signing period. Yeah, and Auburn's kind of rolling into it with a little bit of, okay, I think we can expect a top 10 class, which is awesome compared to what we've seen over the past several years. And we'll get to some of those numbers in a second, Brad. But Auburn's in a situation where there's several guys on flip watch and Auburn is either the favorite or among the favorites to land these guys. And there's not really anybody in Auburn's class that we're concerned about losing. I know there's some Auburn fans that just, it's like they wake up wanting to be worried about Perry Thompson and they ask over and over and over again. And everybody's like, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And it's like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? I, I think Auburn's in a great situation to land more guys and in a situation where I don't think they're going to lose any guys. And that's a rare place to be. And props to this coaching staff for the job that they've done, building relationships and connections with all these kids coming in. Yeah, no question. It's also with all the attention that the receivers are getting, and we understand why, this is a special defensive class, and we can go through some of that, but they have really done work on the defensive side of the ball uh, to yeah. bolster that part of it. I'm excited to see the way they finish, You know, have, whether they're able to flip one guy, two guys, three guys, what have you, uh, on Wednesday. Um, this is a really good class, and you can tell there's been a lot of emphasis put on the defensive side in addition to that star-studded and kind of spotlight-driven receiver room. Yeah, let's start with the defense. Before mm -hmm. they flip anybody on early yeah. signing day, they have clearly addressed all three levels. You feel great about not only the defensive line, but the versatility of the defensive linemen that they're bringing in. Your Malik Blockton's, your TJ Lindsay's. You feel good about yeah. these kids. And then the guys that can rush the passer. You feel so good about Jamonta Waller. You feel so good about Joe Phillips. That's how you choose to use him at the next level, coming off of the edge. And then at linebacker, Demarcus Riddick's already turning heads to his teammates in practice. And uh, DJ Barber uh, won probably the best uh, the best state championship uh, at, the, at the 6A level this past year. I mean, that was one of the better games in high school football mm -hmm this season and uh, you know, they, they beat out Saraland, but, and then the defensive back room is just littered with talent and versatile defensive backs, both a uh, cornerback and guys that can play in the middle of the field. So there's no question about that. And it's kind of been hidden because Auburn fans can't stop talking about it. Rightfully so it's exciting and it's worth being excited about and talking about these wide receivers that are coming yeah. in. But yeah, yeah, this defense this defensive class has a chance to be special. And I said it on another show uh, on the radio this morning, Brad, is if three or four years from now and we're looking and saying, man, Hugh Freeze really did it. Hugh Freeze mm -hmm. really turned this thing around. Odds are it's going to be because of this core of this class that uh, that's going to be signing on uh, signing with Auburn on Wednesday. No, no question. And, and it's... And I know we're going to do some of this here in just a little bit, but to go back and look at past classes and see some of the the impact players, I was going, uh, I was showing my son earlier today the 2019. We did a signing day show in 2019, and I got to be a part of it. And to go back and look at some of those guys that were on there, like like Jalen Simpson 
was a part of that 2019 class. Colby Wooden sure. was a part of the 2019 class. Bo Nix, of course, was, was 2019. Um, to see that there were a handful of those guys that are now finishing or have finished, in Colby's case, his career uh, and, and is you know now in the NFL, but then Jalen finishing up here this season. Um, to, to reminisce a little bit and remember what it was like when they came in and what we thought they would be when they came in and what they turned into when they were here. Sometimes these guys meet expectations or exceed them, and, and sometimes they don't. But, yeah, to compare some of those previous classes four or five years ago to this class, boy, it's it's hard to single out the guy that could make the biggest impact of the bunch because you've got a ton of impact makers in this class. Yeah, and you've got guys with extremely high ceilings, to your point. Um, mm -hmm. The wide receiver room speaks for itself. All four of these guys, you can make the case for Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson, Bryce Kane, Malcolm Simmons, all of those guys we expect to be starters within their first two years of college. It's almost going to be like a, it's like they fell short if they're, they don't achieve that by the end yeah. of the 2025 season, which is incredible. Props to them for, uh, for all the hard work that they've put in and, and finding this opportunity. But you could say the same thing with uh, DeAndre Carter. Like, if he's a top 100 draft pick a few years from now, like, that wouldn't shock you. Walker White, the quarterback, is coming into a great situation with a Hugh Freeze offense and a bunch of other young rising stars around him. You love the upside there. And then the pass rushers. You feel good about Chamonta Wall. You feel good about Joseph Phillips. These are guys that could have six or seven sack seasons consistently during their time at Auburn. And we talked about, you know, the, the versatility of the defensive backfield as well, Brad. So yeah, very high upside for a lot of these yeah. kids, which is exactly what you, cause you're not going to hit on all of these kids. You're just not. No. Right now, as we record this going into it, they've got 20 commits in mm -hmm. this class. Not all 20 guys are going to finish their season at Auburn. Odds yeah. are all 20 of these guys will not be here 365 days from now, just with the, the current, status uh, of the transfer portal and how college football is right now. But if you can hit on half of these guys mm -hmm. and get 10 to 12 quality starters during their time at Auburn, this is a home run class. And honestly, Brad, I'm expecting that. Yeah. No, I, again, I, I look at that list and I see 10 to 12 guys who could fit that bill. 12 of those 20, by the way, are on defense to go back to the point about how the, the emphasis has been on defensive guys and, and guys like Josh Aldridge and Jeremy Garrett and Zach Etheridge. <laughs> you know, it's really, I understand it's the job, all right? Yeah. It's not a surprise these guys are doing the job and they're paid well to do the job, but the job is so much more than I think what we understand it to be at times. You're not only prepping a practice, a game plan week by week, but you're also developing, you have to develop these relationships with these players continually. And credit, because when you look at this class, those are the names that keep popping up. It's Josh Aldridge, it's Jeremy Garrett, it's Zach Etheridge, it's Jake Thornton. All of these position coaches that are putting in this work, um, it, you see the fruits of it on signing day. No question. And Jeremy Garrett could have the best defensive line class in the country if tomorrow goes the way... He wanted to, and we'll touch more on flip targets in a second, but Amaris Williams and LJ McCray, two Florida commits. If he was able to work his magic and get both of those guys, I feel confident he'll yeah. get one of them. But if he could get both of those guys, Auburn can kind of stick their chest out and say, hey, we've got a case for the best receiver class yeah. in all of college football, 
and a case for the best defensive line class in all of college football. And not all positions are created equal, Brad. Those are two very, very important positions. So we'll discuss that. I want to look at, if you don't Mm -hmm. mind, in just a moment, I want to look at past Auburn classes and where they ranked and why this year could be special, if you don't mind. So that's coming up right here on Village Vice. But look, we got to give some love to our friends at mybookie.ag. This is the best place to wager on all of your sports action. Uh, Still two and a half point favorites in the Music City Bowl. The Auburn Tigers are. I encourage you to go to mybookie.ag and put your money where your mouth is. You know you love and know your Auburn Tigers. Get invested in the game. Let's go. Make some money while you're watching the Auburn Tigers and other teams that you follow so closely. When you make that first deposit at mybookie.ag, use promo code next round to get some extra cash to wager with. Whether it's player props, spreads, you can make some parlays. They've got all sorts of stuff going on over at mybookie.ag. Use promo code next round. So when you look at the last several classes, I guess this is the last seven classes counting this one, Brad, there's a trend mm-hmm. in the negative direction. So going back to 2018, Auburn okay. had the 12th best class in all of college football, and they were third best in the SEC, which okay. is really what you're looking at here. In 2019, the 11th class, they moved up a spot, but then they slipped to the sixth best class in the SEC. And what? What's going to happen over these next few that we're about to list off here is other teams in the SEC start to pass Auburn in the national rankings that also happen to be teams that they play every single year. In 2020, they were seventh, but fifth in the SEC. Seventh in the country, but fifth in the SEC. The following year, in 2021, is where things start to slip and take a turn for the worst. 19th in all of college football. I believe that class also had Trey Donaldson, so they would have been a not top 20 class because Trey Donaldson never played football at Auburn. Uh, Seventh in the SEC. In 2022, they were 21st in all of college football, ninth in the SEC. And now we're looking at situations where these teams that Auburn is is historically better than are Mm -hmm. passing them in terms of getting high school talent. In 2023, Hugh Freeze took over a terrible situation on the recruiting front got into the top 20 class, 18th ranked. All these rankings are uh, per 247. And they finished eighth in the SEC. And so those last few years, you're seventh, ninth, eighth in the SEC. And all of a sudden, going into Wednesday, and there Mm -hmm. are some flips that I think are going to impact Texas and Oklahoma that are going to change how we look at this stat moving forward. But right now, Auburn is 11th in college football, sixth in the SEC, with Florida being one spot ahead of you, and there's a solid chance Florida plummets tomorrow, especially if you get Amaris Williams, because that's then mm-hmm. Florida losing a four-star mm-hmm. and you gaining a four-star. And LJ McCray, we'll see what happens with him. But all of a sudden, you've got a shot to have the fifth-best class in the SEC comparative to when you're usually finishing eighth or ninth over the last few years. I think that's huge, and yeah. I think that's a number that we need to kind of grasp onto. And just think about how many close games there were Brad and how many times Auburn went into a game and said, man, the other team's just more talented. That's changing. That is changing at Auburn. And I think that's certainly something worth note. It's, it's all about the seat at the table. You know, do you have the materials to, to compete? Do you have as many chips as the other guy? When you sit down at the table, do you have the minimum buy-in if we're using a, a poker game as the example? And you've got to have comparable talent 
in order to win, to compete for championship. You can win a game here or there without truly comparable talent, but to do it week in and week out, uh, you've got to be on par. And uh, 11th in the SEC is not on par with first or second. Now, when you start getting around third, fourth, fifth, the margins are much smaller then, right? You're, you're, the difference between the fifth best team in the league and the third best team in the league in a recruiting ranking, yeah, percentage points, right? At that point, probably right. percentage points, and that that's where you see really close games against these teams and one score games and just razor thin margins between the top teams in the SEC. I'm excited to see Auburn get back to that point. If it's fifth this year or sixth this year, what is it in 25? Because we know how much effort they've put into the 24 and 25 classes. And you don't put that much effort into something without without seeing the results. You know, no question about it. And, and also, I think another way to look at it is average player ranking, right? Yeah. Because a lot of these teams that are higher up, They've got a ton of – Georgia's got 27 commits. Now, yep. a lot of them are highly rated players, sure, but, um, I mean, Auburn has the same amount of five stars that Georgia does now yeah. after Rayola transferred. But when you look at average player ranking, three, four, five, six. Auburn is seventh with, once again, Georgia is – or Florida is one spot ahead of them, and I think that's going to change. So all of a sudden, you're even higher nationally – when you look at average player ranking, which is really what impacts you because everybody's situation is different from a scholarship count standpoint. So that's yeah. a more level metric to look at. And I think yeah. that's one that favors Auburn and, and that's something else to be excited about. Yeah, no question. Um, separate story for another time. Buford High is is interesting because that was, you know, that's not far from Athens. That was sort of thought to be the new connection for Georgia that that Buford High was just going to become this pipeline and guys are not going to Georgia from Buford with with Rayola decommitting and you know and I mean unless KJ flips and decides to to go there um yeah their their big time guys aren't going to Georgia which is yeah. interesting you hate to see it Very you hate to see it yeah it's <laughs> devastating that's a major bummer you hate to see it <laughs> yes, you do. You hate it's just just terrible. You know what's interesting? Going back to those those previous classes that you mentioned, sure. Uh, to to capitalize on success, like success or coaching changes, can be catalyst for really strong recruiting classes. That eighteen class coming off of the Western Division Championship really should have been a banner class for Auburn. And I know they finished eleventh. Uh, I think it's what you said nationally. But your top four guys in that class just didn't, just just never, it never clicked for them at the college level. Your best four players, according to the rankings, Joey Gatewood, Kynus Miller, Matthew Hill, Harold Joyner. Wow. You can't miss on your top four. I mean, you know, and it's not necessarily that the coaches, I don't know, that, that kind of language irritates me sometimes. Well, they missed on this guy, missed on that guy. Well, everybody thought he was going to be sensational. Um but they just weren't for whatever reason. And when your top four guys aren't productive in a class, your class is going to be rough. I, I'd forgotten Connus Miller was ranked that highly. That's yeah, that's crazy. He was the second highest ranked guy in Auburn's 2018 class. 2019 class had Owen Papo and Bo Nix is the one and two ranked guys. Then Charles Moore out of Louisville, oh. Mississippi, and Mark Anthony Richards. Those were your top four. Jaron Handy was five. So three of your top five in that class 
just didn't click for them. Yeah. It's that's when you start looking at why certain things don't work and why tough times come, look at those recruiting classes. See where they started, first of all. How highly ranked were those classes to begin with? And then your top guys in the class, how did they perform? Yeah, and there's been a lot of guys like that. Um, yeah. the the defensive lineman who escapes uh Byron Coward. Is a guy that, that was a five-star that Auburn fans were so excited about. Calvin Ashley is another yeah. one, the offensive tackle. I think it was from the D.C. area. Byron, so, Coward yeah. in the, it, Byron Coward in the 2015 class is today Auburn's highest-rated recruit ever, just ahead of Derrick Brown. Just didn't work here. Yeah, just didn't, didn't work, work here and di didn't really work at Maryland either. Didn't right. really work for the New England Patriots either after they drafted him. But That's right. Still, you know. Former 20, five stars get drafted regardless of what happens. So yeah. 2020 class, top five, Wesley Steiner, Tank Bigsby, Zeke Walker, Jay Hardy, Malcolm Johnson Jr. Did you get top five production out of those guys aside from Tank? Aside from Tank, no. 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 So, and we're not even talking like starters in a lot of right. these. It's like dudes that can't even crack the rotation. I mean, that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty, well, it's 21. You had that in front of you? I do have 21 in front of him as, as a matter of fact. That it's also something to keep in mind, just to just kind of that reality check. You mentioned it earlier in the show, too. If you look at the top five in this class, how many of those guys will fall into that category? Um, will the top five in this class be the most productive guy? All right, here's the 21 class. You ready? Yes. Oh man. Oh, baby. All right. Lee Hunter, Dylan Brooks. <sighs> Demetrius Davis, Amari Harvey, Tavares Dawson. Huh. That's brutal, man. Yeah. That is brutal. I just remember Auburn fans every week would just be so upset. Like, why aren't they playing Lee Hunter? Oh, goodness. Let's keep this. <laughs> let's keep doing this. What's 22? All right, 22. J.D. Rim was the highest rated recruit in the 22 class. Uh, Robert Woodyard, Holden Garner, Jeffrey Emba, Keontae Scott. Those are your top five. So Keontae, clearly. Wow. Keontae, clearly, yes. Sure. Yeah. Holden, still waiting in the wings. Robert mm -hmm. Woodyard, still got the, you know, he he's still got time. And uh, and J.D. Rim still has time. I mean, we're, we're only talking about a couple of years ago with, with the signing mm -hmm. class. Yeah, more so, recent here. Right. Yeah. And just for the sake of conversation, the five highest-rated guys that are expected to sign with Auburn tomorrow, Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson, Demarcus Riddick, and Joseph Phillips. That was only four. And Jamonta Waller is the fifth yeah. one, Walker White being that sixth guy. That changes a little bit if they flip the right guys, and we'll discuss some of those flipped candidates in a moment. But, yeah, it's pretty wild to look at these uh, these previous signing classes and these rankings. You want to go back You want to go back 10 years? Uh, sure. It, all right. All right. So here was 10 years ago. Michael Sherwood. Okay. Duke Williams. Yeah. Trey Williams. Rock Thomas. Nick Ruffin. Those were your top five in the 2014 class. Coming off of the magical that's 2013 probably, season. That's probably the best group of five of mm -hmm. ones that we've read so far. Yeah, I, I think so. You'd have liked for you know Rock to have been able to finish his time here, but... Yeah, the, I mean, Ruffin was a solid player throughout his career. Trey sure. Williams was a multi-year starter at linebacker. Duke Williams was a standout wide receiver. So, yeah. Interesting. All right. 
What else right. is interesting, Brad? <laughs> well, did you know that right now you could get 20% off and free shipping when you go to manscaped.com? Yes, indeed. It is the holiday season. And hey, where's your mistletoe? Where's your mistletoe hanging? You'll be very confident in where your mistletoe hangs when you use Manscaped. That is the very best in men's grooming right now. The Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, uh, you know, it can help safeguard and, and decrease the risk of nicks and cuts. Make yourself a, uh, a a nice, clean, smooth experience. I'm sorry, I'm tied up now because I remember I read one of the comments yesterday where they said one of the favorite one of their favorite parts of the show is watching us just try to get through the manscaped reads. It's physical fine, pain. It's it's physical a fine, pain. It's a fine line that we draw here on the show between trying to not offend people. You know what? It's not offensive though. It's men's grooming. We don't get all sophomoric about haircuts or shaving our face. It's it's men's grooming. You're trying to be clean. You're trying to be nice and presentable. What are we? I mean, we're not cavemen. So That's let's right. clean it up with manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code VICE. All right. Let's 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 discuss a few of the guys that are on flip watch. These toss-ups uh, heading into early signing day. Mentioned Amaris Williams mm-hmm. uh, a few times, not only on this show, but the last several shows that we've put up, it feels like. Brad, and it's because I, I think he's flipping from Florida to Auburn. A lot of people said that, and I think we see that on Wednesday. Do you have any thoughts on Amaris Williams? Well, I, I mean, well, unless he's just pulling a uh, a really well-planned, long-game caper, yeah. Um, yeah, Auburn looks to be in really good shape with him. And there's so much smoke coming from Gainesville. And and guys that are dropping out of that class, those typically happen in groups. They don't just happen one at a time or two at a time. They they happen in bunches. And so that would be, I think, the least surprising flip uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I would actually be surprised if it wasn't a flip. Yeah. I think it's gotten to that point. So Amaris Williams is the first one. Um, let's uh, let's stay at Florida and let's talk about their other defensive lineman that's committed to Florida right now, and that's L.J. McCray. The yeah. five-star, uh, an incredible player, a potential day one starter. I mean, this guy's really, really special. Um, I felt better about Auburn a week ago. Now it seems like Florida feels really good about keeping him. Yeah. Well, and if if they're going to – it's kind of like you're plugging holes in a dam, right? You can't – if you can't plug all of them, you have to devote all your attention to the, the biggest one. Yeah. And so that would make sense. Wherever he goes – I think he's going to be, I mean, obviously everybody else does too. He's one of the top 40 players in the country. Um, I think he can be a a game-changing type of player and a guy who probably is true freshman year can give you 30 snaps a game, wouldn't you think? I think so. I think so. Um, I think you'd rather have him than, you know, multiple defensive linemen guys in the portal. So, yeah, 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 I, I feel good about that for sure. I think he goes to Florida. That's just my pick. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. KJ well, Bolden, the f- the five star safety. You mentioned Buford, um, committed to FSU. I don't think he stays at FSU. I think he either flips to Auburn or he flips to Georgia. And right now, I feel pretty good about Auburn landing his services. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because at the at the basketball game Sunday, there was a lot of talk about him coming in maybe for the basketball game. And then he didn't. 
but it didn't really do anything to slow down people's conversations about a flip to Auburn. It reminded me of when Cam Coleman committed to Texas A&M and nobody checked up. Like nobody even slowed down. It's like, ah, it's still, we still think that, that Auburn is going to be the favorite in the long run. And you kind of get the same energy from KJ Bolden. Now, maybe he will, maybe he'll stay with Florida state. Maybe he goes to Georgia, but it really hasn't, I don't think it slowed down Auburn's recruiting efforts and didn't really slow down anybody's confidence Confidence maybe not the right word, but at least the possibility that he flips here. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's discuss uh, Cone Eccles, the former Texas A&M commitment. He's now technically decommitted, so it's not technically a flip. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's signing on Wednesday. I think he's signing on Friday. That may be his birthday. I, a week ago, felt great about Auburn landing him. Mm -hmm. It now seems like LSU is probably the favorite to get him after a good visit. I think um, I think LSU is going to take better care of him, maybe values interior offensive linemen a little bit more than what Auburn's prepared to do just because I think they feel good about their spot there, spe uh, specifically with DeAndre Carter. So uh, I'm picking LSU for Cone Eccles right now. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's kind of kept things close to the chest since that decommitment. Six, three and a half, 290. State of Texas guy. Um, so you think Auburn would be the long shot at this point? It's let you feel less than 50% about him. I don't have any inside info here. Okay. So I'm just throwing like my what what seems to be, you know, just reading between the lines, but I would think 60% mm -hmm. LSU, 40% Auburn. Like I don't think it's a long shot if Auburn were to yeah. land him. I, it just seems like the staff. Based off of the folks I've talked to, it seems like the staff is kind of focused elsewhere. Yeah. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I, I think NIL is a big part of this. Okay. Yeah. That would be a change because I think a lot of the experts are still leaning a little more in Auburn's favor, maybe 60 40 in, in Auburn's favor. So could I, be. I hope I mean, I'm wrong and I hope they're right. I think he, well, I think he'd be a solid depth piece as a true freshman. And I think he's got a chance to yeah. start in two or three seasons. And the other thing you have to remember too is you can't flip everybody. You can't like you can't. Where, where do you spend your time? If you're spending an hour with this guy over here, you can't spend that same hour with, with the other guy. You have sure. to like, you know, so if again, it's plugging the holes in the dam, where do you, where do you spend your attention? Where do you spend your time? And if you're doing it in one area, well, maybe somebody else is spending it with the guy that you're not spending. Sure. It yeah. And you know, it sounds like his visit with LSU last week went well, but also the, there's the angle of sure time is a valuable resource, but so is money. Yeah. And that's a factor. And like, I know you and I are, are traditional when it comes to college football, but like, let's don't, we're also not ignorant. Like there, yeah. there's not unlimited money. Sadly, that's right. Uh, I wish there was. That'd be a really fun. Uh, it'd be really fun if they were. But th there's not unlimited money, and so some kids are motivated by that. Some kids are motivated by you know maybe it's a little bit of money that's important, but also fit and culture and all. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. That's part of the recruitment process. So yeah, we'll see. I guess the last one would be Ryan Williams. I've heard so many conflicting reports. Um, on him both is it auburn is it alabama and then also is he gonna sign on wednesday or is he gonna wait till february yeah. right now i think he kicks it down the road and says let's deal with this in february yeah i do too i don't expect any movement from from him uh this week so which would be kind of nice is is there's enough drama that'll happen wednesday on its own um so let's take that piece out of it and and just wait you know what i like though about this nil era 
is some of the things you used to see on signing day eve, some of the shenanigans uh, leading up to signing day. They're just, the, the different schools that different schools would try to implement um, just aren't a factor as much with with NIL. I mean, some some tactics don't work the same way that they used to. And that's why some of these are still dramatic and not just sort of lock and key for one school or another. Yeah, so we do have real drama yeah. that leads up to signing day. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. Also got a text from um, from one of my Maryland contacts. Uh, sounds like as we recorded this, Talia Tagavailoa has opted out of the bowl game. So how about that? There you go. There did you go. go to my we'll bookie talk. and get your, your, your two and a half? I, I did. I, I can't yeah. wait to see next time we do that read if that line yeah. is different. So we'll see. We'll see. Right. Uh, Brad, I think that about does it for today's show. It does. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Enjoy signing day. Enjoy it. Remember, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours. Yeah.